Um, so we are wrapping up our series that we've been walking through called New. Um, have you have enjoyed it so far? Right? Good. Been a good series. So real quick review. What we've walked through so far is this: the first week, uh, January first, two thousand twelve. Pastor Brent spoke on a new path. In the last few weeks, uh, Pastor Troy's covered new vision, new heart, and new leader. Now, last week, I don't know about you, but I, I really appreciated that message. I know a lot of times I can get out in front of God, and it's easier if I just stay where I'm supposed to and let him be where he's supposed to, which is out in front, and I just kind of follow his lead. Um, but today, we're going to continue the series and actually wrap it up, and we'll start a new series uh, next week. But anyway, so the, whole, the reason we started this new series, I kind of was walking through this because it's the start of the new year. But I don't know about you, but for me, the beginning of the new year sometimes feels like another lap around the track. Anybody know what I mean? Like you feel like you're done, and then, yep, I'm done. Nope, I'm just starting all over again. And it's just like, man, I just got to keep going. And that's how it feels a lot of times for me. When I was in uh, high school, I ran track, and I, did, I never did anything that was more than one lap. I ran the 100 and then 200 and all that stuff, but it was always less than one lap. I made sure of that. And going into my senior year, my track coach approached me and said, hey, there's a new ra- there's a, a race I'd like to add to what you do or whatever. I was like, okay, what's that? And he said, it's the two-mile relay. I'm like, okay. So some of you distance runners are like, that's not a big deal. I do two miles on my own. For me, it was a, a massive deal. That was like eight times farther than I was used to running, which is two laps around the track. And I was like, okay, whatever, I'll do it. So get to our first meet of that year, and I'm running this, and I grab the baton, and I take off, and I get done with that first lap, and I'm like, this is no big deal. And I get about probably five steps into the second lap, and I, I, I just start immediately dying. I mean, I'm winded. My lungs are burning, if you know what I mean. I mean, just can't breathe. And this, something, something that I'm not too proud of starts happening. I kind of start doing this little pout, whine, cry thing, like under my breath, like as I'm breathing hard. So I'm like... <laughs> You know, like, I can't do this anymore type. And I just wanted to, like, throw the baton and walk off and just bawl my eyes out. But I finished. I did. But sometimes that's how, to, to me, a New Year, because I love the holidays, sometimes that's how a New Year feels. Like, I just got done with one, and, yeah, it was great. And maybe it, here comes another one. <laughs> I'm kind of doing the pout thing again. But so what we're going to talk about today when we wrap up our series is new strength. Is new strength. We've talked about new path, vision, heart, and leader. Today we're going to talk about new strength, so when you walk into a new year, it doesn't just feel like another lap around the track, like you feel like you're ready to take it on, you're ready to do something, you're ready to allow God to work through you, and you can make something cool happen. Um, So that's what we're going to look at today. Again, top of your notes, our our verse for this whole series has been this, 2 Corinthians 5.17, anyone who belongs to Christ is a new person, the past is forgotten, and everything is new. Everything is new. Strength. New strength. So, uh, as, as we walk through this discussion this morning, one, one of the, the characters, uh, Bible stories, scriptures that we're going to look at is a guy named Samson. Some of you have maybe heard of him before. There's a lot of, there's, from Judges about 13 to 17-ish, somewhere in there. It, 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 it's his story about who he was as a person. And it talks about, if you know anything about him, talks about all these amazing feats of strength. That he did, and, and some of them were like one of them was uh, when he was a younger boy. He ripped a lion apart. It says ripped a lion apart with his bare hands, not just like choked it out and got lucky. I mean, he ripped this thing apart with his bare hands as this lion was trying to attack him. Um, another time, these thirty guys, thirty uh, men that were that were coming in opposition to him, that were actually in opposition to God. Uh, Samson 
slayed them all. I mean, with his bare hands. Killed these 30 guys that were coming after him, and he killed them all. Uh, what was another one? Let me make sure I get these right. There was another time he caught 300 foxes, tied their tails together, so we got pairs, 150 pairs, lit their tails on fire, and then set them free in the fields of the enemy to burn down all their crops. Where do you find 300 foxes, first of all? But then you're like, if I, t- if I tie them together and light their tails on fire, this is going to work out perfect. Nobody does that, but Samson did it, right? He was able to do that. And then the last one, another cool thing that he, well, cool thing, is he was, he killed a thousand men. Again, all these guys were in, op- where the Philistines were in opposition to not just Samson, but to God. Killed a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. All by himself, a thousand guys, done. A thousand, check it off the board. And so this is the guy we're talking about, a, a, a man of amazing, amazing strength. And yet, we'll find out that we're a lot like he is. We'll find out that our story can be a lot like his as well. And so what we're going to walk through is some of the things that Samson struggled with, but a lot of the same things that we struggle with. And before we get ta- talking about what are the components of strength, I want us to look real quick at what can sap our strength. What in your life just seems to sap your strength? Like, man, at the end of the day, end of the week, end of the month, I'm just like worn out, I'm done, I quit, I have nothing left to give. And so your first fill in there, and this is, I just kind of mentioned it, this one's straightforward, but you'll know exactly what I mean when I say it, and life. Life will sap your strength like that. Why? I mean, being around stupid people, being around a boss that could care less, being around, uh, you know, people that just, they're out for themselves, they're selfish, they're greedy, whatever. I mean, being in the world we're in, a broken, misguided world, Just being here will sap your strength on a daily basis. The people you encounter, the situations you find yourself in, man, when you you come out the other side and you don't feel stronger, you don't feel better, you don't feel more encouraged, you're just like, ugh, I'm done, I got nothing nothing else. Life can sap your strength. 1 Samuel 30, verse 6 says, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. I said this in 1 Samuel, I'm... about put this in my notes to ask a question to you, and then I decided better of it. I was going to ask everybody after I read that, how many of you ever, ever feel like you're about to get stoned? And then I decided I'm not going to ask that question <laughs> in, ch- in church. <clears throat> anyway, David was about to get stoned. He said, David was greatly distressed because the men, the people around him were going after him. He was in the middle of a situation around people that were just about ready to bring him down and kill him. Each one was bitter in his spirit because of David's sons and daughters. But what David, in the middle of all that garbage, of middle of people attacking him, in the middle of distress and challenge, he what? Found strength in the Lord his God. In the middle of all that, in the middle of just life and garbage, he found strength. In what? Not himself, but through God. He found strength in the middle of life. Second one on here. <clears throat> Wrong perspective. Sounds a little something like this. I can do it. If I work hard enough, I'll accomplish it. If I keep a good attitude, keep a smile on my face, pull myself up by my bootstraps, be a nice person, that may strengthen me enough to make it through this thing. Wrong perspective. That I, I have everything within me to do this thing well and to stay strong throughout the whole thing. I, if I just I have a can-do attitude and keep a smile on my face and stay positive, I'm going to make this thing work. That's the wrong perspective. Why is that? What's the word say? What's the Bible say? Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Who's the, who's the source of strength? And what's, what's the reason that you're strong and you can do all things? Because of God. I can do all things through him, the one who strengthens me. 
1 Chronicles 16.11, look to the Lord and His strength. Don't look to yourself. Look to your abilities, what you think you're good at, what you're not good at. Think about, man, if I, if I just work hard and stay at it, I'm gonna, I can do anything. It says, look to the Lord and His strength. Seek His face always. Isaiah 40.29 says, He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, He increases strength. To those who have no might, those that are faint, He increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary, and young men shall, shall fall exhausted, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength, shall find new strength. Those who wait for the Lord and allow Him to work in their life will find new strength. The third thing that can sap our strength is this. Allowing our weakness, my weakness, your weakness, to control us. Allowing my weakness to control me. Giving something that's a weakness in my life strength. What I mean by that is this. It looks something like this. You struggle with drinking too much, but you hang out at bars. You struggle with pornography, but you allow yourself to be alone around computers and TV. You struggle with bitterness and anger, but you constantly gossip, complain, and vent. I just got to get, get this off my chest. You struggle with poor relationship choices, but you won't cut ties with those relationships because it's comfortable. You struggle with believing in or following God, but refuse to be a part of a church on a consistent basis. Read the Bible or open yourself, to an, open yourself up to a new way of living. We sabotage ourselves and wonder why we're weaklings. We give the things that are weaknesses in our life control. We give them authority. We give them strength over us. And what does it do? It kills us. It weakens us. And at the end, we're like, why do I feel like I can't do anything? And why there's nothing that I'm doing that's working. We give our weakness strength. Back to our story about Samson. Samson's weakness, if you read through his story, it mentions multiple different women in his story. His weakness was a lust for women. Multiple women are, are, are mentioned. Judges 16, 18, and 19 says this. When Delilah, one of the, the third or fourth women in his story that's mentioned, when Delilah realized that he, Samson, had told her his secret. Secrets aren't strengths. If you have a secret, it's a secret for a reason, right? Because it's a, it's, it's a weakness, it's a pain, it's a hurt, it's something in the past that you don't want anybody to know. It's a secret for a reason. It's not because it's a good thing. When Delilah realized that Samson had told her his secret, had told him his weakness, had told him how and the source, the source of his strength, she sent and called the lords of the Philistines, saying, This time come up, for he has told, told me his secret. Then the lords of the Philistines came up to her, brought the money in their hands. She let him fall asleep on her lap. And she called a man and had him shave off the seven locks of his head, which was the source of his strength because of a vow that he had made as a Nazarite. I'm never going to shave my head as a, as a vow to God to be a part of this group that's set aside for his work. And what's the last part of 19 say? He began to weaken and his strength left him. Immediately, he began to weaken and his strength left him. Why? Because he allowed someone else or something access to his weakness and it began to control him. His weakness, his lust for women, he, he gave, he gave uh, opportunity for that to control him, and it did, and it led him down a path where he lost every ounce of strength he ever had. Going from slaying a thousand men with the, the jawbone of a donkey, to later on in the story we'll see that he, he, when he's taken captive by the Philistines, they gouge out his eyes and basically hook him up to a, a grain grinder, and he walks around in circles all day grinding grain just like he's a cow. He goes from that to that. Why? Because his weakness in his life controlled him. He allowed it to control his life. 
So how, how honest can I be with everybody this morning? Can I be pretty honest and open? Okay, all right. My weak, one of my weaknesses is this. <clears throat> yeah, my only weakness is this. No, one of my weaknesses is this. As I, I grew up from day one in the church. My dad was a pastor. Some of you, you've heard me talk about it a number of times. One of my biggest weaknesses is that I get very, very cynical with anything that has to do with church, church people, church lingo, church stuff, being at church, thinking about church, driving by a church. I get cynical really, really fast. And so what's tough for me is when I'm in situations where I, f- I feel that start to stir up is immediately I have to stop myself, take control of that thought, take that thought captive and say, God, no, that I'm not going to allow that, uh, something that's a weakness of mine to control me, to guide me in a path that I don't want to go, to make me do something I don't want to do, to, to, to sap my strength. I'm not going to allow that. So I don't know what it is for you today, but if you look at what, maybe what one or two of your weaknesses are, you may be able to look back and say, you know what, in that situation, I gave my weakness strength and it caused all this hurt and pain and I came out on the other side feeling like a weakling, like I, I got nothing left to give. That just took everything I was, everything I had. We allow our weaknesses to control us. We give our weaknesses strength. <clears throat> so this morning, what are the key components of new strength? If there's all this stuff around us, life and wrong perspectives that we have, and, and, and our, giving our weaknesses strength, what, how, can I, how can I gain this new strength? What's the source? What are the components? What it, what's it made up of? And I'm going to walk through six things. It may seem like a lot, but what we're talking about is this new strength is going to allow you to accomplish big things, so the components of it need to be big. They need to be lasting. They need to, they need to be something that's, that's going to be there for you when you need it. And so when we walk through, through these six components, I believe, man, th- these are going to hit us hard, that God wants to say something specifically to you today, even if it's just through one of them that says, you need to think about this more. This, this, this could be your source. This could be one of the biggest components of you finding new strength in 2012. First one is this, new flexibility. New flexibility. Flexibility is a major, major component of strength. Why? Because of injury prevention. Why is injury prevention important? Because when you injure a part of your body, it is very, 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 very difficult to regain the same strength you had before the injury. Any of you ever experienced that, whether through athletics or something else, just an injury you had, and it's like, it took me forever, or I've never been able to recuperate the same strength that I had before the injury. And a lot of the times that we, get, that we experience injury is because of our lack of flexibility. This is from a, uh, an exercise website talks about flexibility, I think it applies to what we're talking about today. It says, if you lack flexibility, you run the risk of injury. The adaptation principle teaches us that your body only accommodates the movements you train for. You can think of this as use it or lose it principle. When your progress begins to stall, the importance of flexibility increases. Listen to this last part, this is really important. Since compound movements stress your weak link, you'll injure yourself if flexibility isn't sufficient when the weights get very heavy. We just talked about life, weight, just situation and relationships, and the weight starts getting heavy. And the less that we're flexible, the more susceptible we are to an injury that's going to leave us in a place where we're weaker than we were before, and it's going to take a long time to recuperate that strength. What does that look like? It means uh, it's simply this. God, whatever, whenever. Whatever you've got for me, that's what I want to do. Wherever you want me to go, that's where I'm going to go. Whenever you want to make it happen, I'm ready. 
That's flexibility. That's the flexibility we're talking about. But when it's like, God, I, I, I'll wait a few more years to really get on board with what's going on, and then something major happens in the middle of that, and we have no flexibility to move or change with God, we're at the risk of major, major injury. Flexibility is a massive component of strength. I think this is in your notes. That site goes on to say this. Flexibility means you can apply your strength. That's what we're talking about. It's new strength. Flexibility means you can apply your strength whenever and wherever you need it. In any situation you encounter, in any relationship you encounter, any challenge you encounter, anything you encounter, when you have the flexibility to say, God, whatever, whenever, whatever you want to do, I'm there. The strength that you have, you can immediately apply that to the situation by leading God's call or following God's call, I'm sorry. So how do we gain flexibility? This is pretty simple. How do you gain flexibility physically? You stretch. How do you gain flexibility spiritually? You allow yourself to be stretched. You do stuff maybe that you're not used to doing. The most people that Samson had killed before he killed a thousand was what? Thirty. He did something he had never done before. God, whenever, whatever. If you want to use me, do it. And he allowed himself to be stretched and he accomplished something he had never done before. If there's something in your life that you're facing, you're like, I, I can't get over this. I've never been able to move on, or I'm facing a huge challenge. How am I going to get through this? You may need to allow God to stretch you and say, God, how, how do you want to use me? Maybe he's going to use you in a way he's never used me before. It, maybe it's, it's something different that you've never done before. That God's saying, I want to stretch you in a way that's going to allow you to accomplish or, or see greater strength in your life. New flexibility. The second one is this. <clears throat> New endurance. This is not a sprint. Newer endurance, this is not a sprint. 1 Corinthians 9. Do you not know that in a race all runners run? Duh. But only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. How many of you know when your journey here on earth is going to end? How many of you know when it's actually going to end? Not, not one of us. Not one of us. But I know that if you just take off sprinting aimlessly and recklessly, that you, you may come up short. You're, maybe you're, you're going too fast for where you're at, and God's saying, no, I want to teach you stuff along the way. Or you just take off walking. God's like, would you come on a little bit? Would you get going? And so you run the race in a way to win. You run it in a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last, but we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, I do not run like a man aimlessly. We talked the first week about a new path. We talked last week about a new leader. A leader will, will, a good leader will take you down a good path. You won't be walking, running, doing anything aimlessly. I do not fight like a man beating the air. No, I beat my body and make it a slave so that after I have preached to others, I, might, I myself will not be disqualified for the prize. That last little phrase, I beat my body and make it slave. What does that mean for us? It means I choose to persevere through the tough stuff and follow my heart and not my body. When stuff arises, I, I, I choose, the, even though it's going to be tough, I choose to walk through it and say, God, somehow, some way, help me to walk through this thing. That this wouldn't be the end, that I've just run to this point and that's the end of it, and that, that you would give me the endurance to walk through stuff and to learn the lessons you have me to learn. New strength. Key component is new, new endurance. Third one is this. Not simply trying to maintain. Not simply trying to maintain. Philippians 3.14, I press on towards the goal. 
I press on, not, man, I just kind of hope I can slide through and skate up to it and not have to do too much more than I'm doing right now and just hope I grab it. I press on. I strive to attain, the, to win the prize for which God has called me. One concept I learned, uh, this concept actually I learned uh, when I was a sophomore in high school. <clears throat> Every year, my freshman, sophomore, junior year, and senior in high school, I signed up for first period weight training. And there's a specific reason you do that. One is because your football coach is the teacher. You can show up late. You can wear your pajamas. You don't have to shower or brush your teeth beforehand. You just like roll in half asleep and you're just there. That's exactly why you sign up for weight training first period. So that's why I did it. And so my, my lifting partner was a kid named Travis. And we, you know, there were some days we'd really go at it hard and other days we're like, man, I'm still asleep. Can we just walk through this thing? And one day, about five weeks into football season, so, and we both played football, so we're a little banged up and just tired and kind of like, you eh, know, this isn't going to help us. And we, so we, we decrease how many repetitions we're doing, and we decrease the amount of weight we're doing. We're just like, let's just, we're just going to maintain. Let's just kind of get through this and make sure we don't lose anything. Let's just keep it. Our football coach slash, t- slash teacher sees us from across the room and comes over and is just standing there, not saying a word. His face is bright red, and he's, I mean, he's just like, like pacing like this. You know, can't find a comfortable place for his hand. I mean, he's just itching. We're like, Coach, do we need to get help? Do we need to call somebody? Is there something wrong with you? Can you talk? Can you, can you hear us? And he says this, and, and this is how he started anything he ever said to us. And I, it makes me laugh to this day because I'm still good friends with him. Shoot, fellas. Shoot, fellas. He says, where am I at? Shoot, fellas. He goes, if you're not trying to get better, you're getting worse. And I'm still half asleep. I'm like, what book did you read that out of? Great quote, you know, whatever. But the more I thought of it, he's absolutely right. If you're not trying to get better, if you're not trying to get stronger, if you're not trying to chase after God, you're not really staying in one spot like you think you are. If you're just trying to maintain, if you're trying to live off some buzz of some cool church service, a conference you went to a week ago or a month ago, and I hope that's going to, I just kind of want to maintain that and just, I, I just want to stay right there for now. There's no such thing as maintaining. You're already starting to lose. You're already starting to slip back. You're already starting to lose your strength. You're already starting to lose your connection. If you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Not simply trying to maintain. Next one. These last three, I I like the first three, but these last three I feel are, are really essential. Key components. Number four, new commitment. Listen to this. I want you to hear this. Secret, the secret to unlocking your strength potential lies within your willingness to commit everything you are to God. The secret to unlocking your strength potential lies within your willingness to commit everything you are to God. I want to jump back to our story about Samson. I'm going to read this little passage and we'll talk about it. This is Judges 16. 27 through 30 says this. Now the temple was crowded. Remember, sorry, catch up with the back to speed. He's been taken basically a slave by the Philistines. He gouged out his eyes. He's churning corn. And they make him come out from time to time and entertain him. So he's telling jokes and dressing him up and doing funny stuff with him. It says, Now the temple court, or the temple was crowded with men and women. All the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. 
Then Samson prayed to the Lord, O sovereign Lord, remember me, O God. Please strengthen me just once more. Strengthen me just once more. And let me with one blow revenge the Philistines from my two eyes. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on the one, his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me die with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might. Down came the temple on the rulers and all the people in it. This last little phrase. Thus he killed many more when he died than when he lived. How did he accomplish that? How did, how did he get to the point where somehow he, he kills more when he dies than when he lives? Because he made the ultimate commitment. God, if this means my life, if when I push on these pillars, it's going to come down on me and kill me too, that's fine. But just this one time, God, I want to commit everything I am back to you. Would you strengthen me just this one time? I commit everything. And in that moment of his ultimate commitment, that's when he, he experienced the greatest feat of strength that he had ever experienced. Cost him his life, but it was the greatest thing he had ever done. Your greatest strength may be found, your greatest moment of strength may be found in your greatest weakness. How is that? Because God is the one working through you. It is his strength, not yours. You don't have to have it all together or feel like you can do it all on your own or try to do it all on your own. Your greatest moment of strength will come when you allow God to move in your deepest areas of weakness. Allowing God to move in your deepest areas of weakness. It all comes back to commitment. God, if there's just this one time, even if it's just this one time, even if you only give me one more moment here on this earth, but if it means that by me committing everything I am to you, that I'm going to experience you working through me in a way that I've never had before, that's okay. Even if it's just this one time, if this is the last moment I have. Commitment. Huge component of new strength for 2012. Fifth one, new humility, admitting my weaknesses, admitting my weaknesses. Second Corinthians 12 says this, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. God's power is made perfect in our weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then I am content with my weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I'm strong. New humility. Not a one of us in here really has it all together. Not a one of us in here can just kind of make it all happen for ourselves. Every one of us needs something greater than ourselves to experience the life that God's called us to live. For me, this one, of, one of my things that I, I've come to the point of being humbled enough times that I'm like, okay, that's, God, I need you in this, is what I'm doing right now. For me, I don't feel like this is a strength of mine at all. This is something that I know when I start preparing a message and when I get up here on Sundays and when I go to the church before I come here on Sunday mornings just to pray, I mean, my, the only prayer that I have is, God, somehow would you make sense of this? Would you help people get something out of this? Because I know that I have a high ability of screwing this up. I have the capacity of making this thing brutal for you guys to sit through. I can do that. And so for me, I know, like, God, it, it, this has got to be you. Otherwise, it, I mean, there may be people start to walk out. I'm, I'm going to get the flashing clock like it's time's up and it's not and they want me to get off or whatever. But 
I know for me this is not a, a, a strength of mine. This is a weakness. And so if, when I speak, if you ever, ever get anything out of it, just know it's not me. It's God speaking through me. And my weakness, that's when I'm strong. When I say, God, I know this isn't me. I need you in this time. I humble myself, admit that I can't do any of this without you. Would you work through me? And so I hope he has. But I, I know, God, I need you in this moment. I can't do this on my own. Worship team is going to come up, but I'm, I'm going to kind of keep sharing here. The last one. <clears throat> is new faith. Now, as, as we've, we've looked briefly at Samson's story, and I encourage you to go read it. Samson had his downfalls, had his shortcomings, had all that just like we do. Just like we do. I mean, he, he was nothing special, but it was just God flowing through him that made him something extra special. It was all God. But part of one of the key components of Samson's strength, especially in his last, his last moment when he brought down that whole temple, was a new faith. Hebrews 11, this is jumping forward a little bit, <clears throat> is basically a rundown of a bunch of guys that lists a bunch of names that are heroes. It's kind of like this hall of fame of guys that, are, that did things, but it says by faith or through faith. And in this one chapter, chapter 11 of Hebrews, it mentions the phrase by faith 16 different times. And so it'll say by faith, it'll give a guy's name, and it'll say he did this. And be like, wow, that's cool. You go to the next one and say by faith, this guy did this. Be like, wow, that's cool. But there's, a, there, there's a, a, a key there, there's a point there. That this new faith, that this by faith thing is a, a huge component of strength. And this is actually what it says in Hebrews 11, 32 through 34. And what more shall I say? Do not have time to talk about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, and get this next part, whose weakness was turned to strength. So it's not mentioned in their name because there was something really, really special about them as a person. It's saying in them, their, their weakness was made strength because of their faith and saying, God, by faith, would you do something in my life? Would you allow me the strength to do something amazing for you? By faith, through faith. I know for me, sometimes I can look at the situations and things that I'm in in my life and be like, this, this and this and this does not equal something good for me. So what do I need to change to make this and this and this equal something good for me? And what I, what I bypass, what I forget, what I look past is this whole by faith thing. That God, by faith, can I insert my name right here and then after that show something that you did amazing through me? Show, show, show something that God because of this new strength that I'm encountering this new strength that I'm experiencing through you that, that I've, I've been able to experience amazing, amazing things all for your glory you know earlier <clears throat> I talked about the stuff that saps our strength life, just being here man it's draining sometimes 
wrong perspectives, things that I, I can do this on my own, I can make it happen. And allowing the stuff that's weaknesses inside of us to control our life and guide us and just pull us in directions we don't want to go. I think there's a lot of us in here today, we could look back at 2011 and check all three of those off and be like, yep, I was there. Yep, I was there too. And yep, I was there. And right here, at the beginning of 2012, at the beginning of this new lap around the track, we're just like, ugh, I'm just, I'm beat up. I'm done. I'm broken. I got nothing left to give. I got no more energy. I got no more strength. I got my, my desire and my ability to try to stay connected to God and follow God. It's, it's gone. I'm just, I'm beat up. God says, I've got new strength. My mercies are new every morning. I've got something for you today that's going to last you through today. I've got something for you tomorrow that's going to last you through tomorrow. And not just allow you just to squeak by. It's going to allow you to thrive and live the life that I've called you to live. It's a new strength. It's a new strength for the next lap around the track. It's a new strength every time you get there. New strength every day. So today the question is, are you ready? Like that verse says that we read in Hebrews. Samson, he wasn't perfect. But just like him and those other guys, I said, are you ready for your weakness to be turned into strength? Are you ready for your weakness, the stuff that just drains you and, and pulls you down? Are you ready for it to be a strength? What that means is, God, I'm ready for you to work in my life. I'm ready for you to flow through me in a way, God, that I, I, I'm experiencing things in my life that I never would have if I tried to do this on my own. It's only you working through me, God, that in my weakness, your strength is made perfect. Are you ready for new strength? I know I am. I know I need it for, for this year. I need God to strengthen me that, man, I, I would feel ready to take this on because of what he's doing in my life and through me. Would you bow your heads? <clears throat> so I, I want to pray specifically for kind of that, that group of people that just find themselves like, man, if I, felt, if I felt like I had a choice, I would just step off the side of the track and quit running. I'm just tired. I'm not connected to God. I have no strength to keep on pressing through the things that I'm facing. I'm just, I'm done. I feel beat up. I feel broken. If that's where you're at, I, I, would you slip up your hand saying, God, I'm, I'm waving my hand to get your attention, God, that I need new strength today. Would you slip up your hand and say, that's me. I need new strength. Otherwise, it's just going to be another lap around the track, and I'm going I'm to be panting and gasping for, my, for air the whole way. Thanks. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, God, I pray for a strength, God, that we've never experienced before today, God. God, that we would get to the point, place where we say, God, whatever, whenever, I'm there. Just work through me, God, and the stuff that I'm not good at and, and, and all the stuff that I know I'm going to fail at and that, the weaknesses that, that, that try to control me and guide me, God, would you somehow work through those, God, that in my, in my weakness I would somehow be made strong. God, that not only would we be walking our life 
in a way, God, that's pleasing you, God, but we'd be able to make an impact on those around us because of a new strength, God, that, that's welling up inside of us to live the life that you're calling us to live. God, I pray that over each and every person here today, God. That 2012 isn't just, we're just trying to make it through, trying to make it to the end, trying to just limp through the finish line, God, that it's not another lap around the track, God, that it's a year where we see you doing things in our lives and through our lives that we've never seen before, God. That your strength is made perfect, God, when we give you control. In Jesus' name.